right, today we're here with Mr. Geary, who's a director at Amplify ETFs, um, and today we're going to be talking about investment strategy. So when you think about uh, implementing an investment strategy, what approaches would you take? Yeah, I think first of all, you want to take a step back and kind of evaluate what's the goal of your okay. investment. So, you know, you think about there's obvious long-term goals like retirement or funding college uh, savings, uh, but there's also short-term goals as well, um, saving up for a, a large purchase. So you kind of you kind of tailor your investment strategy to what to what your goals are um, and then you know the, there's a lot of tools out there at, at people's disposal so a lot of firms uh, uh, trading platforms like a Schwab and Fidelity they've really built out their their research and their kind of support to help people kind of build an investment right. strategy um, and then the last thing would I would say is uh, kind of play to your your strengths or what what you what you kind of gravitate to right what you like uh, so a good example is if you want to create a growth strategy and you kind of have you know you gravitate to growth oriented stocks um, you know it kind of fits kind of plays to your strengths versus trying to force right. force something that you're not really comfortable with right or not, you haven't done any research on <clears throat> so I would say those are those are some kind of I guess, high-level ideas on, you know, the initial construction of a strategy. Right, so when you get starting to talk about strategy, you get a lot of people with different risk tolerances. So how does risk tolerance sort of play into that um, investment strategy? Yeah, it's a huge uh, part, and you have to, you know, as, as you build an investment strategy, you think of applying it to kind of a general mass of people, not just yourself. Right. But... Each, each person is an individual and they have different risk tolerances. So in my experience, um, you know, you can't just, you can't just say just because somebody is young uh, that they're aggressive as far right. as their risk tolerance. Um, I've, known, I've known people in my industry experience in their 20s that are totally risk averse and, you know, putting them in, you know, high growth stocks just because they have a lot of time they're not they're uncomfortable so right. you don't you kind of kind of have to weigh that and balance that um, so you know I think for the most part it's you want to you want to take advantage of that time that right. long time horizon so you want to be invested in in growth and get that opportunity but you also have to have to really kind of bring it down to the individual level if they're not sleeping well at night right because they're they're in kind of riskier investments then you need to kind of evaluate and adjust yeah so that sort of talks about too with the time horizon that you're looking at so how can you um, tailor your investments to a certain time horizon yeah so I think um, you know I, with a longer time horizon you kind of you can afford some of the that volatility right. and bumps in the road even you know crashes and market sell-offs and if you stay invested if you're consistent with that um, over time, you're gonna you're gonna benefit from that. So there's a saying where it's uh, permanent permanent advance, temporary declines. So right. think of it like I've I've heard the metaphor of like being invested in the stock market or any market um, for the long term. It's like you're riding the escalator, but then you're doing a yo-yo while you're on right. the escalator. So you're you know kind of dealing with the 
the yeah. ups and downs of the temporary, but you're permanently, you know, in a, in the right trajectory. So right, and then short term, yeah, you can, uh, you know, look at uh, opportunities or investments that, um, you know, like that are more cash oriented or safer, so you can at least earn something. But right. you, but you don't want to you don't want to risk losing it either. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I remember hearing a statistic where it said something along the lines of if you miss out on the top 30 market days a year, you're going to return way less. So does that sort of play on to how important it is to be invested for the long term? Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's, I mean, there's tons of stats out there. You can kind of go, go crazy you know, right. doing all the research, but that's, that is a good one because, and it speaks to um, kind of a... Uh, overarching mantra of it's time in the market it's not timing the market right so that's an important distinction but it's, it challenges our emotions when right. when things get choppy and the market starts yeah. to potentially sell off and you just you feel like I don't want to lose anything I want to jump out but just to go back to it's that time in the market right that timing um, so you see a lot of especially nowadays and within younger investors, you see people that are trading these small stocks, trying to catch big moves of volatility. Um, can you speak to the sort of investing versus trading um, talk? Yeah, so I think, I mean, there's a lot of tools out there like a Robinhood or a, um, a lot of robo-advisors that I think are making it, you know, they're marketing it that, that way where you can start, you know, extremely small. And that's great. That's kind of what we call democratizing and uh, investments so it kind of is leveling the playing field which is great but it's also it can, it can potentially open doors to people who should not be advising yeah or just uh, approaching investing with the wrong mindset right. um, where it's more more like gambling and, and getting than... that getting that quick profit so right I think you know traders I mean, trading is is a great thing. It's just you have to kind of um, balance it and weigh it with investments. So you can you can right. say, hey, this is a this is a company or a stock or a, a, a whatever um, that's going to be. You know, we're going to see how this goes short right. term. But here, over here, is my kind of core long term investment. I'm not really going to touch that. So if you can distinguish. And, and right. from a mental standpoint too, um, it helps. So, you know, you're both trading and investing. You're looking at the same goal of profit. Right. You want to want to have want to be you want to pick winners and have a have a positive performance in your portfolio. It's just you know with trading, you just need to be careful that it doesn't become you know right too much or day trading or kind of fall into that yeah. that trap of yeah, obsessed with it. So, right. Yeah. So for our listeners that aren't as um, well advanced in investments like you are, um, Warren Buffett talks a lot about uh, index investing rather than actively trading because it is very difficult to beat the indexes. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would I, I would tend to agree, actually. Um, you know, and working for an ETF shop, it's, right. uh, you know, part of that. But we actually, we also have active, actively managed ETFs as well. So I think, you know, the ETF structure is great, but um, yeah, but to that, that point about Warren Buffett and, 
other prominent uh, investment professionals right. have said the same thing, and the and the stats bear out. It's I think it's like two thirds or seventy percent of active mutual fund investors, advisors, or portfolio managers, and even financial advisors underperform their benchmark index, right. which is mainly the S and P five hundred. So I think that's where it's like, don't yeah, if you if you are setting out to try and beat the benchmark. Um, yeah, you better better have a solid process that you right. are committed to, um, because I, I do think that the S and P or whatever index approach um, is going to win out over time. So I'm I'm a believer in that too. Right, and especially when you get to people that have other full time jobs rather than just managing yeah. their portfolio, it gets I mean it's a lot easier to win in an index fund than it is to actively manage. Absolutely. So yeah. just. In terms of recommending for people that don't know investments that well, don't have a process, they don't have the time, it seems like index funds are a clear winner, especially the low-cost ones. Yeah, and that's been a great advancement in the industry is just, again, going back to that democratization of, the, of investments and just making it easier for more, right. you know, more and more people to get in. So yeah, the low cost, because cost has historically has been uh, really ham- um, uh, preventative of, of good returns. It's, it's been, right. a, um, yeah, it's, it's hamstrung returns. So when you get into ETFs that are charging four or five basis points, to, you know, less than 10, right. and you can get market access and participate in the S&P, which is up, you know, 24% this year or right. thereabouts and you can get that at you know basically free let's just call it free and yeah. that's you know that and that's where it's heading to where the investments are and we there's there's already options out there that are free investment portfolios right. that are index based so i think it's such an easy way and it's and it is beneficial it's not just letting the masses kind of you know right. run to these crummy products it's they have a lot of validity right so what since you've been in the industry for a while now what is something you wish you knew when you started yeah um, actually I kind of wrote, wrote a note to that yeah I think one thing um, is the importance of protection on the downside right and you know, because starting off, when I first invested in my, my first job out of college and, you know, started investing in my 401k and then opened up another account, and it was all growth. It was like, all right, I got, you know, a huge time, you know, right. time horizon. Um, but what I've gone through in my career is the tech, uh, tech bubble bursting in 2001, um, 2000, 2001, and then the Great Recession in 2008. And I was positioned in high growth uh, investments. Right. Now it's worked out, you know, now looking back, because I've yeah. stayed, stayed in those. But it takes, you know, for people who are close to retirement or in different stages of life, um, that's one thing I've learned even, even now, even at, you know, high school, college age, starting to invest, to have an element of protection because protection against losses is really just as important as the potential gains that you can experience because it takes a lot more to come out of those losses right you know you're down 10% well it takes 
twenty percent to get out of it. get out of that position. So right. when you look at it that way, that's that's one thing that I wish I would have implemented better back then. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, another thing that we that you sort of mentioned in there is that you know it's easy like it worked out now in that. Um, you can see back and you know that, okay, this company performed well, but the nerves for a lot of people, especially beginning investors, might have gotten to them. Um, a lot of people will say investing, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. It's really easy to see which stocks you could have picked. Um, how does that play to sort of picking your uh, future strategy? Yeah, it's a great question because uh, you see articles out there all the time like that they tempt you to try to turn back the clock like right what if you invested in amazon in 97 it's like okay don't don't <laughs> do that don't, yeah. get, don't get people all you know kind of crazy about that so right. um but it's i mean it really what investing does and part of it is a big part of it is it kind of builds scar tissue <laughs> scar tissue is just as important like kind of experiencing those losses and and learning from them right so there's no perfect strategy there's no perfect product. Even even when you think you have a great allocation, um, you want you need to be confident in it and say, I've built this, you know, for a reason or with a lot of research behind it. Kind of right. knowing knowing about historically what's happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't want to um, fixate on <laughs> the past. On the past and. Um, but the, the that scar tissue, like I said, helps. Kind of helps you have that perspective going forward. Saying, right. hey, we're gonna, you know what? We're gonna have some losers in this portfolio. Like, not every single stock or bond or commodity right. is gonna is gonna be a winner at any given time. So it's like, what do you do with those kind of laggards and, yeah. and losers in your portfolio? Because you're gonna have to address it. Um, right. So it goes back to yeah, you just kind of free yourself from that thought or expectation yeah. that you're gonna like build the perfect <laughs> right product or, or solution so I mean what you said earlier with the articles online I mean you see a lot of this person predicted the market crash in 2008 um, this is his next pick or whatever which sometimes I mean they can get lucky so how would you recommend um, people out of college and people in high school to go about receiving investment and financial advice yeah, I would say, um, you know, through through contacts to find, truly find a, finan a financial professional and more of a planner, I think, too. That's, right. that's, that's the most important thing before you even get into the investment side of things. Right. Um, and so because then they can they can help with your money management overall. Right. And investments is going to be a, a part of that. So. I think through through a family network or through friends um, to get in touch with a professional who can kind of provide that that service, hopefully at a right either free or you know initially and right. at, a, at a good cost because there is a cost involved. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with with hiring a professional, it's like going to a doctor or going to any other service professional. You're gonna there's of course right. there's there's gonna be a cost to that, but I think that would be the best because. If they're good, right? You know, they can they can help you kind of keep the noise out, right? And what the uh, you know financial media is trying to throw at you because their goal is just to have readers and viewers, right? And so they they try to instill fear, 
Yeah. So good financial planners or advisors, uh, they're doing their job, should be able to nav- help navigate you through right. that. So, and there's and there there are good resources, good online resources out there. It's just they're harder. To not find. knowing, yeah, not knowing kind of the context. Like, well, how do I know this is good or bad? Right. Um, you know, yeah, I guess to to find a, a good network. Um, who know who know what they're reading, yeah. or, you know they're reading good stuff or um, or you who you trust ultimately. Um, so you mentioned money management, and a lot of us here will be going to college and we'll be taking on student debt. Um, I feel like even almost paying back that debt is almost a form of investment into yourself, where you're getting rid of the interest and stopping things that are um, going against you. So can you speak to how um, saving or paying off debt can um, sometimes be even more important than a general investment strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I'm personally a firm believer in, you know, first and foremost, just like you said, the kind of the highest priority is just to get out from under debt. Because in any economy, even even in a growing economy where, like we're in right now, where things seem good, it's the markets at all time highs. You think oh, I can kind of take on more debt, and that's where companies come in and and lure you to, right. to do that. Um, still, the winners in any any uh, part of the economic cycle are the, are the ones that are debt free. Yeah. So I think that's um, and there's you know there's different schools of thought on that. People say you can do both, or you know just start contributing the max whatever you can to in- investments that you can deal with. If it's a low interest rate, then just kind of right. chip away at it. But I I still say that you know debt free is is the way to go. Um, so. Well, one thing that I saw that I thought was really interesting is Dave Ramsey, who's a um, really good at getting people out of debt and going through financial situations, is worth $200 million. But then another comparable level of the same sort of style with a TV show and um, was a former money manager um, by the name of Jim Cramer is only worth $100 million. So I think it's really interesting to even see how paying off debt helps people like that in building their own business. Um, so do you think that investing is for everyone? Uh, I do. I actually do just because, um, essentially if you can save, if you can save anything, I think you can, (laughs) you can invest or kind of participate. And that's where, again, going back to the leveling of the playing field and, um, you know, making it accessible ETFs just with their innovation and then these platforms I mean now you see like Chase Bank or Ally or these financial institutions that are opening up their you know invest uh, platforms or investment right. platforms um, I think yeah so I think it can it can apply to to anyone um, you know realistically just looking at yeah if they can if you can put money away um, right but going back to kind of the risk tolerance right you know question it's like it, it, that plays into this too it's like everybody can invest but you know should they or should yeah. you um you know we kind of when i was an advisor and even now and, and at amplify with our products uh you know talking with advisors it's really the ultimate goal for a, for a client is like i said earlier what helps them sleep at night right uh, sleep better at night and if they're if they're anxious and obsessing about, you know, the stock market going down or yeah. 
you know, selling off, then it's like, then you need to really assess, is this, is this the right thing? Right, and I think that almost ties into the term financial freedom, because you can have a lot of money and not be free from it. Yeah. You can be chained to the stock market and the news and watching every bad thing that happens, whereas if you have a sound investment strategy, you recognize there are going to be up and downs in the market and there's not anything you can do about it. Yeah. You just have to be able to um, go through it and build that scar tissue like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So this is going to um, bring me to my final question. What do you think that investing um, teaches people? Like, I feel like there are a lot of uh, lessons that you can learn in the market just by either being patient or riding out the storm. Um, what do you think it teaches people? Yeah, I think, well, it can help help uh, teach people about money in general, that it's a tool and an expression for something. It's not right. the end the end goal. Right. I think that's, I mean, and, but it's hard. It's hard to to kind of keep that mindset because when you're investing you're looking at your account it's like I always want to see it growing and right. I want to see it going up so you kind of think yeah that that balance is your end goal but it's a good reminder of you're, you're being a good steward of it and that's kind of what we're all called to be with our whatever resources we have right um, you know little little or, or much so I think investing is kind of that it's, it's a good real life like real world real dollar lesson right of how to be a, a steward of of what you've what, what you've been given and what right. you've been providing or work for you know work right. hard for so you want to make your money grow for you so um and i'll i'll actually I'll bring a little bit personal so my um my grandpa 93 year old grandpa he is uh lives in holland He's still running a an options strategy. Okay. Like he has multiple options strategies that he runs. So he's basically still running his investment portfolio. Right. And always learning. So I think that's another lesson too is that um, kind of applying the investment or stock market to life. Right. Where it's it's a great uh, opportunity for lifelong learning as well. Yeah. Because if you want to read up on companies or just stay up on, you know, whatever latest innovation is out there. And that's what he's doing. He's, it's, it's an inspiration to see right. him and it's all, all that time yeah. that he's taking, but he's, he's doing it. He calls it his business. So it's like, it's pretty cool yeah. just to see that. So I'm like, Hey, if I, Lord willing, you know, go that long and right. I'd love to be, you know, doing something. Yeah. Similar. I don't know to his extent. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's kind of nuts, but yeah, in a good way. All right. Well, thank you for coming on and um, talking about investment strategies. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course.